Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So Patrick, since you know a lot of people who are San Jose Sharks fans. <sighs> <laughs> Yes. Are or were? That might be an important uh, qualifier here. Nah, most of them are OGs. I mean, they lived through the, the expansion season, you know, where they set the record, I think, of like, you know, the fastest team to lose 100 games hmm. or something along the I mean, a lot of them are OGs. So they've, they've, they've seen this before somewhat. They just didn't think they'd have to go through it again. Um, Anytime soon. <laughs> the erudite amongst them knew it was coming, by the way, the last three or four seasons had ha- had sort of panned out. Uh, the ones that were having issues, you know, they've not reached the acceptance phase in the grief pattern yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, again, you know, this is one of those times it's very hard for me. Not one of my favorite gifts in the world is Stephen Colbert turning around and pointing to an unfurled sign that says, I told you so as balloons and everything are going off. And (laughs) it's hard for me not to do that continually because that bomb has been ticking for at least six or seven years. And they've just been able to mask it enough. Um, but now there's they're at the point that they can no longer hide it. I mean, last year was an aberration because they had one guy, you know, who went out of his mind and, you know, the other two kind of came along. But now you're kind of seeing what that team has really done, you know, as far as drafting and developing, which is a big grand nada. Because two things they've done, Jack and whoops, I'm not going to say it. You get the point. Uh, I just, I posted a poll on Twitter. I refuse to call it whatever the hell Elmo Skunk wants to call it. If the domain name still works, it still counts. And and we were there before him anyway, so... Yeah, apartheid apologist, POS, waste of human DNA. Um, hey, we're a hockey podcast. You have to be very specific when you talk about waste of human DNA. Yeah, I posted a poll of who uh, who who doesn't ask for a trade first. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Was it Hurdle or Couture? Because neither one of them will ask for a trade. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not publicly. No, I, well, I don't even think they're going to do it privately. I think it's just going to be like, uh, how do you ask for a trade without asking for a trade? You go to your manager and say, hey, is there any way we can get me out of here? 
and then you go to your agent and ask, is there any way? Well, I, I, I said agent. Yeah, I said agent and I meant manager. I mean, I said manager and I meant, good God. You know what? Can we rewind and start this all over again? I said manager and meant agent. So thank you, Cassie. Mm -hmm. You just sort of, hey, you know, you drop hints. Man, it'd really be good to, you know, get back in the playoffs. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. No to me. No to me. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. I mean, how are the Barracuda doing so far this season? Not much better than their NHL team, which I can't I, imagine why. Oh. I mean, you, know, mm. you, know, you know, hey, I guess the uh, the uh, <laughs> the flotsam doesn't fall too far from the jetsam. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to find a shark reference and really couldn't find one. You know, like the algae doesn't fall too far, and, and say there's nothing there. You know, the moray doesn't fall too far from the shark. Yeah, something along those lines. The orca doesn't fall too far away from the boat. You know, um, man alive. Uh, just <laughs> you know, watching the people come and 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 this was a funny one to me is there was a couple fans in the audience or crowd last night at the somewhat accurate programming center SAP for those who don't know the joke um, that held signs up, you know, blaming Eric Carlson for, you know, the shark's fate. And I'm sitting there going, who traded for him when they didn't need him? Who offered him the contract? Who offered? I mean, why? Did you... Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, what the hell you guys, you know, yeah, you can't blame the players for like taking a lucrative contract. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, eh. yes, we please. Do it. Why, why blame them for it, Cassie? Cassie, <laughs> I'd like to offer you eleven million dollars a year for the next seven years. And the catch is nothing. You just have to play here. You just have to mm. do you know eleven million a year just for the next seven years. You just do this. Sure. <laughs> right you see how stupid it is to blame the player yeah like any like anybody in their right mind is gonna go mm, no i don't think i'm a good fit here and i don't i want to test free agency yeah okay well that's fine but you're only gonna get seven years in free agency where we can give you an eighth oh god you know we'll give you a full new move clause oh okay you twisted my arm Mm-hmm. Three fast forward, what three and a half, four years later? Hey, not that no move clause. Um, mm -hmm. is there somewhere else you want to go? Maybe you know, please. Is a favor, please. We pretty, did give you all pretty, that money. Pretty, pretty, I mean, you're still. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're still gonna make all that money. You know, it's it's you know, it's just gonna be divided amongst a couple, but it's all still there, right? And maybe you'll go have more fun. I'm just saying, you know, you know, just, you know. Win some things, go somewhere. Do, do some stuff. things, you know. The future is on the horizon where no players on that roster have the three-team trade list. The most idiotic oh, yeah. of, of trade clauses. He handed out no move, no trade clauses like they were candy corn on Halloween. <sighs> he thinks he was saving money. No, 
show show show, the, show me the, the market thing. discount any of those contracts got at the time they were signed. Well, I, that's I'm I'm not disagreeing with you, Pat. I'm saying that was always their excuse. But here's the funny thing: show me any player who has gotten a discount with their no movement clause, because I'm not seeing them. Even a Travis Hamanick in a certain you know organization we may or may not talk about. No, I understand. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think most of them sit there and say, well, if you don't give me a no-move clause, then I'm going to take this deal somewhere else because they are going to give me one. It's just become another negotiating yeah. tactic. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'll discount a couple hundred grand if you give me a no-move clause. That seems more than reasonable. Yeah, because you don't, we don't see the the funny numbers in their contracts, right? Very often, unless we're talking about Toronto, all their contracts have funny numbers. Uh, generally, the player's number or a they a favorite of the player when he was growing up as a kid, or <laughs> Toronto, or whatever on Ryan Reeves's contract, or. <laughs> That franchise. I I really should be mired in the disdain for the Edmonton Oilers right now, but the Toronto Maple Leafs just keep still stealing the spotlight. They're just... I I don't know. I want to call it inanity, but it's really just overt idiocy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) See, the, the thing that, like... When your team sucks or you don't really have a team and you're just following whoever the flavor of the moment is, um, you know, the, the joy, the, the true joy of sports, all sports, is a schadenfreude that you get when, like, because there's always teams that you dislike, right? And they're, they're often teams that were overly hyped for a very, very long time. <laughs> or some that had, or some that had success that just, you know, you felt some of the players rubbed you the wrong way. Right. And so like, you know, and, and we all know, we all, we all know the teams, the Cowboys, the Yankees, Patriots. Notre Dame, <laughs> huh? Patriots, Patriots. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like Toronto, Montreal, <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't think it's there so much for Montreal anymore because they've been such a, a um, they've been riddled with farce for so long that that I think it's they yeah, don't I mean, suck the oxygen. They, they don't suck the oxygen out of the room all the time now. Right, and and for some teams, they they just they're so bad for so long that you actually start to pity their fan base. <laughs> You still don't like the team necessarily, but it, but you're like, God, that kind of sucks. All right, moving on. <laughs> I I do, and maybe it's still because I am a recovering hab-aholic. Um, I still feel some sympathy there. Toronto is just like, what are you even doing? I mean, it's just been hysterical to watch. Oh, we got Ryan Reeves. He's out there doing Ryan Reeves things. 
and then the following week is our team toughness is you know not where it needs to be you know we aren't standing up for each other we aren't acting like a gang out there like yeah so um at least with edmonton you could have the excuse of they have several non-nhl quality players in their lineup Toronto can't even use that excuse. I, I know that's well, but, yeah, but see, like the whole team toughness thing is like 20, 30 years ago. Uh, um, kind of, you know, it's like I think in the I mean, of the Ryan Reed yes, story. yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yes. You are correct. You are correct. I will, I will cede that point to you, madam. Um, thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, well, you know. Even the blind squirrel finds a nut. Um, haha, it's a joke, people. It's a joke. Um, no, I thought that was you saying that you were. <laughs> well, there's that too. You know? Didn't think that reflected upon me at all. <laughs> hey, quit projecting your BS on me, man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is, is you sit there and you look at some of the other moves that they made were also to increase that toughness, right? I mean, Bertuzzi and Domi, hello. Bertuzzi made sense. Uh, Domi is just nostalgia, and they only watched his playoff run with Dallas. Well, and even then, it was like... It wasn't... I mean, the numbers were there, but... Yeah, if they're just looking at the numbers, they weren't watching, you know, the other side of that coin. Yeah. Bertuzzi is a bit of a two-faced player. Like he, he, he's whatever pejorative you want to use for um, someone who works hard and annoys the other team. He's not. Re- he's not a rat, but he's not a greasy player. He's just. He's a weird player. He has just enough talent where he can play on your top line. But he's a he's a middle six player. He doesn't bring enough. He doesn't bring enough of what everyone thinks he brings. No. You know, he had the ability to play with a Larkin for so many years where it worked. Now he's arguably playing with more talented players now. Yeah, but again, we go back to archetypes, mm-hmm. right? Is he the right archetypal fit for the players that Toronto yeah. has? Whereas a Dylan Larkin was kind of, um, he wasn't as flash. He has the speed, he has the skill, he has the size, but he used it. Mm-hmm in a way that best fitted their style of play. And he that player comes alive when he has that supporting cast. He he has the talent to produce points. But now Bertuzzi's playing with guys that really don't even need him during the regular season. I'm sitting here thinking about this. Oh my God in heaven. You know, they just won't ever admit that 
blowing all that money on those four guys was just ridiculous. Well, I, I wouldn't even say those four. Blowing all that money on that one guy that put them in this situation. I'm not bagging on Tavares. He's been great, you know. Has he been equal to his contract? You could argue yes. You could argue no. But... He was early on, and now he's regressing to a still a very good level. But yeah, yeah, and Whatever. everybody and their dog knew that was going to happen when they signed. You know the length of that deal. But they could only blame the flat cap and those mitigating circumstances for so long. And as soon as someone was ready to make a change, they got shown the door. I just everyone else played on the same field as the flat cap guys, yeah. you know, and it's like one of the quote unquote toughest players in league history, definitely of his generation is tr still trying to prove something that he could build a team that's very different from him as a player and Brandon Shanahan. Yeah, you got to sit back and wonder, oh boy. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. It's, you know, the vision he had was to be the modern interpretation of hockey, not what, you know, not just continue on forward with what he used to do. But I sometimes think he doesn't remember what he used to do because he wasn't just all about one aspect of his game. Guy had skill. Oh, yeah. Guy had a mm -hmm. shot. Guy knew how to play and pass. So mm -hmm. you take out 15, 20% of his toughness, and you probably got what they need. But he's trying to take out all of it. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> still laugh every time I think about this because it's like every, they're all trying, you know, all those years they've been trying to to show William Nylander the door and who is their most consistent player. It's been William mm -hmm. Nylander mm -hmm. in both ends, which is saying something because he's not the world's greatest defender, but he's, you know, has his moments, but he's also pretty consistent. And to that but, point. But, you know, it's like some guys, it's, it's, they don't even try. <laughs> Oh, the floaters, you know, the Pavel Bure type floaters are always, they stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. I just, God bless them, because if nothing else, they're entertaining. Just not in the way they want to be. Exactly. <laughs> they're entertaining for the rest of us. For the wrong reason. And they will go on a run, and they will have a good winning record. They're not going to... I mean, they could win this division. Who knows? It depends how many defensemen Boston still has it by the end of the year. If Detroit's goaltending holds up, when Tampa gets healthy, if things in that other nation's capital ever stabilize, probably not. Um, hmm. See, Toronto's problem is that they didn't have a coherent vision. They just started adding people like willy-nilly and was like, oh, this is going to be great. This guy's good, and this guy's good, and this guy's good. 
and think about how they would all mesh together and none of it works. Like so many teams, actually. I was going to say, <laughs> and, and, and they're different from most other teams. Exactly how? Yeah. Remind me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, they're not getting results, but they they keep the their two best players, quote unquote, uh, together when they probably shouldn't. <laughs> not through not necessarily through faults of their own, but it's it's the Leon and Connor conundrum. Sometimes it's like. If you only have two things that are going, you better put them together or else you're not going anywhere. But Toronto doesn't even have that going for it. You know, like Edmonton, you could say Connor is not at 100% at the moment. No. And that that team defense is just, they. Oh my God. It's, it's something. It's something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is. It's something. You can, you can. You can sit there and pull out an entire thesaurus and go to they, the They are like me trying to play an NHL video game and over skating. I I don't I don't understand it. Are we talking about Toronto or Edmonton? Because the guy's kind of rest for both. Uh yes. They've they've got things going on in different ways though. Edmonton just thinks that Connor McDavid should carry the team and he doesn't need a supporting cast. <laughs> and Toronto thinks that they have the right group of guys to carry the team, but none of those guys actually play well together. None of them wants to carry anything. Like no one wants to get the that lead too, yeah. and defend it. Well, that's, that's the, that's typical of a lot of teams, not just hockey where you have a bunch of like, Big names, not necessarily the biggest stars in the league, but the you know some big names all together, and they all just kind of look at each other, going, "So you're going to do something, right? It's your turn, because uh-huh. I'm not doing it. You guys are doing it, right?" And then you have <laughs> Vegas right now, and to a much lesser extent, Boston, but Vegas. I currently watching with. Boston's been a very big disappointment to my my uh, coworker Scott because they aren't like they aren't sucking enough so that they can get rid of Sweeney. <laughs> Sweeney. Yeah, um, he might want to look into time travel technology and wait a few years. Mm-hmm. All right, just you know, do what I do. Go find another team to watch for a couple years and just keep an eye on it, and it will come. It will come around. Right. Eventually you'll get there, but probably not anytime yeah, soon. Not, not, a, not at your expected pace. Mm-mm. The uh, uh, Watching what Vegas did to Colorado last night was wildly entertaining. So I did not watch the game in real time. I currently have it on in the background, and I'm, I'm two-thirds of the way through the first period. There's still no score, but I'm just watching Vegas – they have the puck at all times. They're just moving it between players, but it's not like tic-tac-toe passing. It's just very simple. It's simple play. It's mechanical. It's methodical. It's monotonous at times. Yes. But darn is it effective. Yep. The trick to winning hockey games is to 
have crisp, clean passes and not pay attention to what the other team's doing and just do what you need mm -hmm. to do. <laughs> yeah. You can't nail the three-footer, get out of here. Yeah. You don't need to back up 10,000 feet to defend, you know, breakaways. Um. Yeah, and I mean, the reason that most teams go into a funk, although, you know, teams like Toronto, that's another story, but or the Sharks or whatever, but the reason most decent to good teams go into a funk is because they lose their basics, their timing, good, clean passing, you know, it, it, they just need to have a basics refresher and within a week or two, they'll be fine. But because everybody's looking at all these like players going, well, you're in the NHL, you should have this figured out by now. It's but, like, no, dude, everybody needs a basics refresher. Yeah, it, Sorry for everything. You know, it's like, you're working, you're doing coding. You need to like sometimes reference things. Oh, wait, how did I do that again? You know, I mean, it's like everybody has to have a refresher. I, I'm constantly looking up stuff for like mapping because I totally forgot what I did like, you know, three months ago. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, and it, it's just kind of a stupid thing for people to like dismiss because oh well you guys are pros you should have this figured out by now it's like uh no screw you you should be like refresh giving people refreshers because everybody needs it damn it and not not to make this about everything about the oilers and the toronto maple Leafs, but man alive down the lineup nothing is clicking on those passes from one end to the other mm -hmm. nothing is clicking in those passes and that mm -hmm. the minute i start seeing um you know, these sort of bobbles and grenades and things going into skates or behind someone. And when you can see the, the, the player making the pass had their head up and looked and whether the person who was supposed to be receiving the pass slowed up or sped up or whatever the, you know, the math didn't quite math in the passer's head because it's either it's in their like feet. Baseball, or, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't throw the ball unless you know the person's looking at you. It's like, why are you passing the puck when somebody's got their head turned away from you? Or they're back to How you. How does that make any sense? Or without right. like the look over and, the shoulder. And you are, or you're, and you're not putting it right on their tape. You're putting it like three feet in front of them, but they're not looking at you at all. Yeah. It's like, why would you do that? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Of course, Cassie, are you watching my player. adult league games on the bubble cam? <laughs> because in fairness, I play with a bunch of guys who started playing as adults who never really had coaching. We don't, it, it's like we play well on effort, not on, you know, a system. Technical. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. We're getting there, but it is what it is. Okay, and now Mark Stone scored. Okay. Yeah. Now, the whole thing with hockey, the thing that frustrates me with all professional sports just generally is making the assumption that, that you're a professional and you should know what you need to do by now. It just frustrates me to no end because it's like clearly that's not the case. <laughs> you know, when things are clicking, yes. When things are not clicking, no. For you know, rookies coming in, for you know, veteran players who've been traded in, for all of this stuff, there's everybody works on the assumption that well, you're a professional, we're all professionals here, we should all have this figured out by now. It's like, 
no, no, that's not how life works. Well, and there's also the cases too where passing to where they're supposed to be versus where they actually are. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain situations where you go, oh, okay, you know, I'll give a quick look. Oh yeah, he's headed for that position. I'm going to go ahead and toss it there so he gets it at the, you know, so the arrival, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just, it's not, it's just flat out execution. So again, if if you need us, if you need us to consult with your team to straighten your team out, you know, you know where to find us. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm available for the West Coast. I believe Cassie's available for the New England area, and Pat can take the Southeast. Because mm-hmm. long live the Southeast Division. <laughs> the Southeast Division. <laughs> the Georgia Okefenokees. I mean, most of those former members, it, it, we might be talking about a Southeast division right now, but eh. <sighs> the good old days. Yeah, you know, it really kind of was. Even though I can't stand the whole division thing the way they've got it lined up. But oh well. Yes, we must keep those rivalries intact that no longer are applicable and no one really cares about. Yeah. We need to some. Yeah, we don't. We don't need Philadelphia and Pittsburgh in the same conference. Let's spread out the bottom feeders, please. Poor Philly. This was the. They're they're going through their correction. However, they're still playing well enough. They are a five hundred team. At best, I think this season. Yeah, I, 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 I know my expectations for for them to be there, four fifty, five hundred area. Mm-hmm. I, I think what it is most of all, it's just my Sean Couturier love. Sure. I mean, you know. he's. Through all the crap he's been through, you know, he kind of left when they were still a pretty good team and came back to this sort of rebuilding thing. But thankfully, he has played in 10 games. So, you know, there's. Yeah, he's healthy. He's healthy. He's played, you know, he had a, a good first two or three games and, you know, he's still adjusting to uh, volume of hockey. God, you know where he'd look really good. In another team with orange? Mm-hmm. The Anaheim Ducks, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, no. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I mean, yep. he honestly he honestly would. Yeah, he would. Um No, he would look he'd look fantastic with uh Sam Gagne flanking him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if you're you know. Might as well go ahead and go full Kings and trade for a guy, then start paying him eight million dollars a year to find out really he's just your third line center. And uh <clears throat> yeah. Yet they still put him on the first power play. That's what I just don't get. 
He's not done anything on it. The guy that's on the first line with Andre. So I, for those of you that can't read my mind, I have switched the discussion to Quentin Byfield. <laughs> I, I know, that. I, know I knew it. <laughs> the Quentin Byfield um, PLD thing, you know, all the people that were ragging on Byfield the first couple of games, you know, well, I have to wait for him to be, you know, he'll never turn into a 20 goal scorer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but go ahead and lob that guy that basically took his position that you're paying $8 million for. He'll never be a center. Well, how do you know? Move him to center. Because he's not showing it. Showing it where? Where has he been able to play center? Well, if he's not playing center, he's not shown to be okay. He's 21. Where has he been playing center since he got out of junior? Mm -hmm. He had the COVID year, couldn't play anywhere. Had another COVID year, kind of got bounced around. Where has he played center? You know, it's Shane Wright 2.0 to a certain degree. It's it's the whole draft draft the best available rather than draft for need. Draft for the best for your needs, like situation, which screws over players and screws up your lineup. And I think in this case, I don't know what. The, I'll go back to it. I. Do not understand the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. I just literally, I don't. It's going to make even less sense when we head into the off season. I know because Byfield should not get a bridge deal. He is he is playing like a player who sh- wouldn't sign a bridge deal because at least they're giving him the minutes right now. But between him and Kaliev, and to a lesser, a lesser extent, uh, Jordan Spence, um, where's the money going to come to sign all these guys for next season? Just all, all the RFAs magic. that they have. Yeah. It'll be magic. And you know, you know the NHL. They they practice the the business philosophy of hope <laughs> they hope things will turn out it's like uh yeah no that's the you, you need to actually plan for things hope <laughs> is an scenarios. old old ship and those tend to sink just it's like there's so much the, the league is run by hope and and you know Hope is not a misplaced thing, but it can be overused to ridiculous degree. So what we're saying is Pierre-Luc Dubois for Tomas Hurdle. No, wait, that doesn't benefit anybody. <laughs> Hold on. Let me work. <laughs> That's why I like it. <laughs> but does it hurt anyone? Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> well, and, and, I'm sure he wouldn't want to live in San Jose. My proxy, that hurts San Jose. Yeah. He, he'll sulk. He'd end up in San Jose and just sulk until they traded him. Well, he doesn't. <laughs> to the Rangers. Him and Kempe, they're the two high-priced players without any, uh, no trade protection, so. Not to mention, they still need to re-sign two goalies for next year. So, 
Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, that had no business making that trade. None. None whatsoever. Again, they were going with, oh, well, he's the best available. He wasn't. Do we have the need for him? No. Cassies, he wasn't even that. Well, best available for them. <laughs> they already had those guys in their franchise. I know, but you know, you know how hockey seems to be these days. It's, it's, we have one and that's great. It would be even twice no, as good. No, no, no. They already I have two. They have three. It makes no, them I, I have, I have the solution. Uh-oh. I have the solution. Technically, the Kings can acquire a player who plays center, but PLD for William Nylander. Gets him closer to Montreal. Brings in the winger to play with Byfield. Another winger, I should say. Byfield... Nylander. Eh, what the heck? Let's go crazy. Give him Kevin Fiala, too. Mostly because I want to see PLD in Toronto. <laughs> Just so his play gets dissected in a way it never... Like, he wasn't I don't bad know. I mean, in Winnipeg. It was pretty bad in Winnipeg. Because he he uh, got to remember the shift. What he thought he could get away with in Columbus and hide. And he shift. did it one time. and Yeah. And the shift came with him to Winnipeg. Because <laughs> everyone went, this is the guy you're getting. You sure you want him? This guy should be like in the driver's seat for his own career, oh, yeah. right? He should be able to, he should be going where he wants to go and doing what he wants to do. On the other hand, he can do it in a lot less petulant way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Prove your worth. That's all I'm, I don't care if he wants to act out. That's fine. But, you know, to go to go to the old Bull Durham thing, you know, when you actually win something, then you can walk around with your flip flops, you know, or your, you know, your your quirky behaviors. But until then, you know, you're, you know, do something to show me. You have to earn the right. You can't just expect it handed to you on a sterling silver platter. Yeah. E5. Pierre-Luc Dubois has mold on his shower shoes. E5. <laughs> Which is fine. I don't care. But it's not a distraction to the team. It's not a distraction to anyone else. But, you know, if you're going to come in and swing around and demand all of these things, <laughs> Buttercup, you better show it. That you're mm -hmm. worth the level that you think you are. That you're worth the attitude and the trouble that you're going to cause. It's not. It's not even that. I'm just. He. There is a self worth. He believes he has. I think he believes he has a certain value and a certain worth. And right. I don't. 
know how skewed it is with reality. Mm. Or how it aligns to reality. Because, you know, there's always those cases where the where there have been players throughout history in just about every sport where they've got, you know, agents and family and people in their ear telling them how they're the best and the greatest thing ever. And, you know, the ego starts to to align with that. And, you know, even when they had a bad game, oh, well, you know, that wasn't, you know, that that thing wasn't your fault. It was this other guy, you know, he, he wasn't able to handle your pass. They just insulate them from everything and create that false sense of value. Right. Give them a sense of entitlement. A little bit, yeah. But it's it's overinflated worth. <laughs> but enough about Toronto. Um, I was going to say, why are we talking about Mitch Marner? Yeah. Why aren't we talking about Brock Besser instead? Hmm? Why aren't we talking about Jacques? Um, because it makes me sad. I was out I injured. I was going to say my my uh, fantasy bake off team starts to really take off, or my uh, my standing in my uh, work bake off uh, pool is taking off right as all my players are getting injured. Adam Fox gets hurt. Then then Jack Hughes, who's next? Well, I mean, this is the time of year when the guys who overtrained get injured. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. He, in Hughes's case, I we, mean, we can say that wasn't related to an no. injury. That was related to right, um, right. boards. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's the guys who have like groin issues or knee tweaks or any of that kind of stuff. Not the guys who get hit and. Something unfortunate um, happens, I right? I always go back to... I always refer to Running Scared, the old Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines movie. And anybody oh, yeah, deceleration trauma? <laughs> Cement poisoning? What was the cause of Jack Hughes' injury? Uh, deceleration trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? He hit the boards really hard. <laughs> Severe, severe deceleration trauma. Yeah, what? You hit the boards really hard <laughs> in an awkward way. <laughs> oh, he had an accident. He fell on a knife four times. <laughs> there. He ran into my knife yeah. ten times. So many great little one-liners <laughs> in that movie. Um, I do. Uh, you know, he sure and then Jacques hurts. But Timo Meyer sure is stepping. I can't say with a straight face. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> he's, a, he's a notorious slow starter. But even for him, this is slow. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone. <laughs> only, only for good teams. Only say. for good teams. Mm, only for teams that make playoffs. <laughs> well, no, there, there's the the Toronto school of we are going to have a hot November. We're going to win like or get points in everything but one game. And then we're going to just coast the rest of the way and not be playing at our optimum level come playoff time. Yeah, that's backwards. 
they do things backwards. Yeah, and well, hopefully Timo doesn't do the same thing. I don't know. I, uh... Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just, <laughs> I can't, because uh, it's all perception, right? It's the, the San Jose Sharks didn't set uh, a record or any history by coming the first team to allow 10 goals in back-to-back games in over 50 years, according to the NHL. The Pittsburgh Penguins simply had an outburst to score 10 goals. You know, it's all perception. Mm-hmm. The Sars, or the uh, Sharks didn't suck. The exactly. Penguins are awesome. Mm. Yeah. And both are true to an extent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, particularly for that one game. But in the greater context, that may not be exactly right. <laughs> Ah, uh, this damn sport. Context matters, my friends. Yeah, <laughs> Just a little bit. Which is why I will start the GoFundMe to cover Matthew Barzell's fine you for know, that high-sticking infraction thank last you. night. Infraction? Uh, Technically. Uh, infraction to some. Necessity to others. Accident to most. Mm. You know what I just remembered? Your birthday? No, I can't forget my birthday because it's way too oh. close to Christmas. Uh, no, I just remembered that we ended last the last episode with a question that Pat had asked. I'm glad one of us remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pat ended the episode, last episode, with a question. You know, that thing we used to do a while back? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, wow. <laughs> It was a rhetorical question, but it was still a question. (laughs) The question was, and I know this because I'm reading it because I wrote it down when I wrote the blurb. Um, (laughs) When is Jack Hughes going to be named the cover athlete with a probably more deserving women's player on next year's NHL 20? Like, I knew his injury was my fault somehow. Oh, God. I just didn't remember why. You jinxed it. You gave him the cover jinx before he even got on the cover. Or... Or was it his dad's fault for doing interviews? You're like some freaking Nostra Nostradamus Karnak, Karnak Mephistopheles type character, aren't you? I am holding up a piece of paper to my forehead right now. Uh, it is yeah. not sealed in an envelope, but. Um, hmm. uh, uh. I mean, I have been known to make a prediction or two. Some people still won't talk to me about that time they ask me. So what do you think of game one between Carolina and Florida? Oh, Oh, it's going to be a long game. (laughs) (laughs) You, oh, dear God, you are 
deadly. See, see, Pat, you need to do what I do and use your powers for good and judiciously and, and, and refrain from using them <laughs> to destroy teams utterly or to boost teams up utterly, depending on your way. <laughs> wow, that came in really late. <laughs> I know. I was I was trying to do a head shake uh, several times there. <laughs> it's like buffering <laughs> to hell. All right. Okay, great. Now I feel like we... It's all right. You didn't want to no, hear what I no, have to no. say. No, no, no. I can I can, I can pop it out of the mix. Um, it's on, it's, it's on its own no, it's audio okay. stream here. Um, I feel like we're running a, a poorly funded late night show at this point. <laughs> Sort of like the Ottawa Senators, apparently. Oh, you know, we all know the league is going to New Jersey that, don't we? Their their quote unquote punishment. We all know the league is going to New Jersey it. <sighs> Especially after Mister Anlauer. God bless him. You go, Michael. Know, right? <laughs> you go. I generally would not root for an owner, but you go. <laughs> So we're not ones to to um, tout or praise other podcasts too often. We aren't too often. <laughs> uh, no, we we our usual mo is to wonder. All right, which one is bugging our feed since we delay mm-hmm. the publishing of our episodes? Mm-hmm. But the Steve Dangle podcast talked about this one quite a bit last week on Friday. How much money did the league hoodwink and lower out? The lowest bidder for the team, they made them increase an offer. And then depending upon how you evaluate the price or the, the dollar valuation behind a first round draft pick, he's out. A well, couple did. 80, 90, 100 million dollars that he, he was hoping to pay, and he was handpicked to be the owner of that team. Which is why I think they're going to New Jersey this. And for those of you that. Not, well, I, I think that's inevitable, yes. Yeah. For those of you that don't remember, Ilya Kovalchuk signed a deal that the league felt completely circumnavigated. The spirit of the cap. The spirit. In, the in, spirit. The mm-hmm. spirit of the cap, and they find them a first round pick. And then, but it, but they kicked. They find them a first round pick, like in the future, like it wasn't immediate. And then they kicked the can down the road, and by the time they got to that first round pick, or for that first round pick to be forfeited. The league went back and went, eh, okay, you guys can have the last pick in the first round. The phrasing in the punishment paper for this was they had 24 hours after the draft lottery to decide whether they were going to forfeit that pick that year over the next three years. Obviously, if they hmm. forfeit and forfeit, then they have to give up the third year, purportedly have to give up the third year regardless. What do you want to bet they're uh, 
they're not going to forfeit their next two first round draft picks. And by the time they get to the third one, the league's going to go, you guys can have the last pick in the first round. We'll give it back to you. See, Ottawa seems to have gone about this backwards. If they tried to cover up a sexual assault, then they would have been given a first round, a first overall. Uh, you mean pick multiple sexual assaults? Yeah. Yes. Sorry about yeah, no, that. No, no, no. That's that's quite all right. You know. When one isn't bad enough, you might as well just go ahead and lop on two. And what do you want to bet? There's going to be a third one coming at some point. But mm-hmm. but let's make sure at that least. the guy that was, you know, conspiratorial and proven to be part of those cover-ups is also, you know, uh, being spoken about as a mid-season replacement for a head coaching job. Yeah, let's go ahead and get with that. <laughs> By a former NHL he's not the first referee. One. He's just a, I know, he's, he's just the, the most recent. most recent and the idiot that actually put that or put it out. He said it, he said it out loud. Well, he public said public. a lot of things out loud in a semi-public forum. But you know what? But you know what? Whoever screams the loudest is what the NHL does. So all we have to do is scream about it, and they'll stop because they apparently are afraid of like loud noises. So who's the bigger uh, shit show? NHL front office. Or the Ottawa Senators as of two years ago. Oh, and it's a real coin flip. No, it's always the NHL front office. Yeah, it's always I know NHL. because Colin Campbell works for them. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that 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 just pushes them further out in the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now Ottawa's really bad, but um, yeah. Why did that whole ruling take eighteen months? I don't know. For for the same reason that they're putting off the whole uh, Team Canada World That one I understand. I do not agree with, but I understand. Because if they were to make a ruling before criminal charges are actually filed, I feel like prosecutors are basically... This is just my naive opinion. They're going to have a airtight case against certain individuals based on the time this is taking. Yeah. Or God, I hope so. Rumors. There's rumors floating around. Is it? It's London, right? Yes. London police. All right. So there are rumors floating around that the London police just want to drop the investigation and not go. Oh, because and then nothing happens, and then if. Because it's run by a bunch of suits, instead of knowing these players probably, um, how do I want to say this? Um, well, they're trash to begin with, but because they didn't, you know, legally do anything wrong, we legally don't have a, a hand to stand on punishing them. Well, technically, they do. Um, they have to really be careful because the victims aren't bound after criminal 
after the determination of whether there's been criminal activity, um, I would hope that one or two of them start going civil and pulling these mm-hmm. and pulling these guys' names into the public. Because with criminal, they're you know they have to protect identities to the point that they are ready to to confirm charges. Civil, you don't. That's in the U.S. though. Canada, this is Canada. It's basically is that the, the same? same. Yeah. Actually, I think Canada's is okay. a little bit. Um, it probably has a little more teeth than the U.S. I think so. There's been a there's been a couple of public assault cases that were not criminal but were civil that um, really took down some people. Um, because they did find sufficient evidence within the civil trial that they did commit the act. Um. Yeah, because they don't have the Fifth Amendment there. Or is it the Fifth Amendment that you can't be charged with the same crime twice? Not the Fifth, but... Well, or is it a part of the Fifth? No, the Fifth is... it's. it's Damn you, Hollywood, for ruining my knowledge of that one. I know, right? <laughs> um, you're technically not being charged with the same crime twice, Cassie. <laughs> well, no, criminal. I mean, in, in Canada, though, it's like if they can, it, I, I can't guess be if it's criminally charged for the same crime twice, I can be criminally right, right once which is why they do charged. Well, right, in, in Canada, the US. too. Um, they generally don't do civil until after criminal has been determined whether it would proceed or not. So anyway, speaking of all of his legalese, um, there is a a situation that I think people might be missing when it comes to Shane Pinto. And I just want to drop this nugget out there. Um, And, you know, the NHL suspended him for 41 games for violating its gambling policy which in the policy it says you're okay to gamble so long as it's not in the NHL effectively. That's just, that's sort of boiling it down to nit and gritty. What, um, the way they framed that statement makes it sound like he was not gambling in a legally controlled manner. Because mm-hmm. if anyone remembers Rick Tockett got nailed a few years ago, Mm-hmm. for gambling with a bookmaker, which is illegal, I think, everywhere except New Jersey, which, <laughs> go figure. Um, <laughs> and it was and it was a whole big thing, um, you know, where he was found guilty and had to pay restitution and all of these sorts of things. So, you know, don't just assume that somebody who got nailed for gambling purposes, you know, was, and they weren't betting, you know, they said he wasn't betting on the NHL and then everybody immediately went to, well, then it's not, you know, how can they suspend him because he didn't violate the policy? Well, he did if he was doing it illegally and don't, you know, you got a bookie that's kind of doing it illegally. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they, they never touched Evander Kane for going to Vegas and doing all of his Evander Kane stuff because didn't violate anything. 100%. You want to go blow your money? Go ahead. We're not responsible for you blowing all your money. But you go ahead, you know. You do you. We'd rather you not, but don't bet on hockey. You're fine. 
So for them to come do this is that's a, and then also say something, you know, it's a very terse PR release and I forget exactly what they said at the end, but it was basically along, along the lines of some legalese about, you know, um, a, a pending investigation or something along those lines, which kind of led me to believe at that point, he's probably running with some interesting people. Mm-hmm. So that's all I wanted to say about that Shane Pinto thing is, you know, just because it, it wasn't one or the other doesn't mean there wasn't a third thing. Mm-hmm. But it's all black and white, Patrick. Yeah. It's got to be one or the other. Well, you would hope so, but if you were to ask any of the players, any of the front offices, they wouldn't know what where the black and white is because they've been given no extra clarification on what to avoid, just vague policies. The NHL being vague? How strange. You know why goaltender interference is such a confusion for, for fans? Because they don't bother to know the rule or at least read down goes brown's article that explains it to you very clearly no because the nhl doesn't just republish down goes brown's article or your social you know flow chart chart. it's very simple (laughs) is the goaltender decrease decision gate yes or no yes is the goaltender in the crease yes did the defender cause you to make contact with the goalie yes or no yes Defender caused you to run into goalie while the goalie would tell you it's in the crease. It's a goal. They don't like, they like being able to have control of outcomes, even though they like to pretend that they don't want to influence the game. Could you say that one more time, Cassie? They want control (laughs) of the outcomes, whether it's Mm -hmm. black and white or very, very murky gray, whether it's, um, you know, clear policy. No, they just want to be able to control outcomes. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's like match penalties or, uh, you know, goaltender interference or, you know, having a roughing penalty along with a fighting penalty, which to me seems terribly redundant, pick one or, you know, whatever, they just want to have control over outcomes. That's it. That's their whole story. They have the rules in black and white, but they all, most of the rules say open to, in some fashion, open to interpretation by the referees or whatever. And, uh, and that's it. That's all they want. It's not necessarily they're trying to fix games. They're just, they just want control. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> I can't control the story, Cassie. What am I even doing? Hockey or hockey is the best sport in the world, but it's run by the dumbest people. And not to pile on, but an official release. Jacques Hughes will not play tonight against Chicago. He will be week to week with an upper body injury. 
He's back in New Jersey now with athletic care staff per the New Jersey Devils. Jack, I'm sorry. Pat's not sorry for his curse. Wait, what the hell was that? <laughs> Since when did that get added to our soundboard? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who's tapping into our feed? It's me. Mm-hmm. Which sports that producer was that? <laughs> um I can only say one thing to you, Pat. Jackies. This has been the 3v3 podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.